Hello and welcome to Today in Space. I'm your space science podcast host from the East Coast, Alex Giorfanos, and this is episode 304 of Today in Space. We're going to be talking about a lot of things around astronomy. We have our new telescope, Vespera, that we've been using. Going out and stargazing has kind of changed my mindset a little bit and and in a great way. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. The idea of just like stargazing, what it does to us as human beings, the idea of hu- of infinity. Uh, we've got James Webb Space Telescope's new image of Uranus, and we're going to talk about what I'm reading. A little bit of Carl Sagan for all the alien talk that's going on. That's today in space. Welcome. Let's get started. Welcome back. Episode 304. We got a lot to talk about here. So let's get into it. As always, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Today in Space. All right, folks. Episode 304. Let's start this off right. So today we're talking about stargazing, what that does for us as human beings, because as scientific and as data-driven as we might become, we are still at our core programming human beings. So it's good to understand a little bit more about that, learn about yourself. We all have that journey that we have to go on. I'll share some of my thoughts here. And what I'm learning about what stargazing and just contemplating, even just through stargazing, the concept of infinity and really how ill-equipped we are to understand it, uh, again, with our base programming as human beings. I mean, we live on this rock called Earth that just happens to be in a solar system within a galaxy and within a universe that allows us to not be pummeled by uh, impacts all the time and for our you know, even our local planets and, and our our moon, like the the lack of atmosphere exposes it to such harsh conditions that life doesn't have a chance. Mars is a perfect example. All the things we're learning from Mars right now, if it just had an atmosphere, imagine what kind of a life would exist right now on Mars. So to be talking to you today here on this podcast, you're listening, you downloaded it, you use the internet, and we are having this strange conversation where I'm the only one talking. <laughs> and this is all possible because we are in this moment of time where Earth is stable enough for us to have grown and expanded as much so that we can be here together. These are the kinds of thoughts that go through my mind now that I have a telescope that I can bring out on any clear night whenever they decide to happen here in New England. Uh, And I'm sure it's the same in the UK. Uh, We're in a very similar place on the planet. But just in general, if you're in a place where there's either, it doesn't even have to be weather, it can be light pollution, which we also have a lot of here. So stargazing without any kind of lens or optics, whether it's a set of binoculars or telescope, it's difficult to do, and it's, it's different than what we've had for most of our, you know, human development, right? The, the, the night skies 
influenced humanity so much that so much of the religions and cultures that they based themselves entirely off of this giant story that was happening over them every single night. And it would rotate through different uh, symbols that they would recognize and make stories about and try and make sense of life. That is what's so wild about the concept of infinity, that your perspective in the tapestry of infinity of the universe also makes a huge difference. So like the fact that we again, like the timing of all of it, like if if legends were being made about the night sky thousand years in the future, a thousand years in the past from when they happened, the starscape might have looked different, that the stories might have changed. So literally, the position in time when we look at the sky is also very important. And the biggest mind f of the whole thing is that what we're actually seeing here on Earth is from the past because it's so far away that it takes light that long to get to us that what we're seeing here in time is not the same that's happening at the same time at that location because it takes light, which is the fastest moving thing that we know of. It takes it that long to get there. So needless to say, having a telescope has been great <laughs> for my mindset. And for honestly, you know, for me, doing this podcast part of it is also making sure that i prepare myself to have a conversation like this right i'm not uh goofing off all week or you know i want to stay relevant with what's going on in space we talk a lot about rocket technology and all the stuff that's acts giving us access to space and revolutionizing that spacex blue origin all those folks rocket lab but in order to do that you, you got to follow the news and, and keep in touch i also happen to have you know, engineering training in aerospace. I've worked in manufacturing. So, like, there's all these things that that add up to me being able to come out and talk on this podcast. As far as astronomy and things in space and astrophysics and, and big concepts that legends like Carl Sagan, Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, and even more storytellers like Andy Weir um, base... Uh, you know, the ideas in space into a story that we can understand. And and really, stargazing is some of the most ancient storytelling that exists. And in order to talk about these bigger concepts, and we've got things like aliens that are making uh, slowly more and more common, like everyone's like, well, yeah, of course, aliens. With, with everything that's happening with the revelations with UAPs and the different things that we're finally getting images of, and of course, uh, the stories from people like Bob Lazar and others who have spoken their story about what they said that they saw. Um, big concepts like that are different than rocket technology. So I, what I wanted to do was make sure that I, you know, if I was going to invest in a new telescope, I wanted to make sure that it could scale with what we're doing here. All that stuff takes time. I have a full-time engineering job. And I try to have a life and and be healthy. So that takes up a lot of time. So it had to be scalable in what I'm doing. And, you know, for us, we are no strangers to the idea of scalable work, work stacking. It's a similar thing to what Elon Musk uses to do all of the things that he does. He's not the only person that does this. He's not the originator of this. But I love the idea of work stacking. And when you do it right, 
you can really make some progress. So the telescope had to reflect that ability to work stack. I needed to be able to set up the telescope and start observing when there is a clear night. Because again, out here in New England, if you know, if I was going to go deep into creating a custom rig, like I see so many of these great amateur astronomers do, uh, even here locally, like Bostronomy, if you follow him on, on Instagram, uh, he's a great account. Um, to learn all the things and tinker and figure out which system and, and never mind the money and in investing in different components to to achieve the level that they're achieving, I don't have time for that, especially when we're running a small 3D printing lab out of our basement, e.g. 3D printing. That makes it almost like I would be... Uh, something would have to give. Now, this telescope that we got from Bayonis, after we had interviewed the CEO here on the podcast, Cyril Dupuy, you can go check that out if you're interested in learning more about him and where this company came from. I'm not getting sponsored by them. Um, I mean, I do have a relationship, but I paid full pre-order price for this telescope. These opinions are as best as I can make as unbiased, um, but I'm a happy customer. Um, and and what I'm going to do is is share these little tid, tidbits as the weeks go on, as I'm kind of developing this uh, review they're going to put up on YouTube. We're going to put a little bit of production behind it. Um, so if you guys are interested in that, that is going to come out. I want to spend some more time. I want to focus now on, uh, you know, the first two months that I had this telescope. You know, the end of February is when I got it. Um, we've done a lot. I've I've seen a lot of what it can do. And I've come across enough challenges that I think I can help inform some of the decision-making of like, why should you and why shouldn't you buy this telescope? So for me, this podcast, creating content online, I think one of the more powerful things, we saw this with James Webb Space Telescope, we saw this with Hubble, and we see this with, you know, any astronomer's uh, high-quality images is you really capture just the fidelity of the universe, right? And it's a really magical thing, and like knowing where things are in the sky. You know, as a Greek, I feel very, I, I, I feel like a, not a good Greek by not being able to look up at the sky and know the, the Greek constellations and where everything is. Never mind at a scientific level, being involved in space so much, my skills in that area, uh, I, they're, they're not expert, and I... And I by no means intend to become uh, an astronomer, but to be able to view it on a regular basis, to be able to say what's in the sky tonight and throughout the year on those few days where there's clear weather, <laughs> uh, catalog and document and take images so we can talk about the astrophysics, have some amazing pictures, and we can also talk about the stories of what these objects in the sky did to contour humanity to where it is and thinks today we would like to introduce our new sponsor for the podcast caldera lab they want you to say goodbye to generic face wash on your counter because caldera lab is here to save the day when it comes to your skin and that's if you actually have face wash i know there's a lot of guys out there especially nerds are you actually washing your face are you really doing that look i'm no uh I'm no saint here either. Uh, Caldera Lab, uh, I found out about them. I've been using their products, which is why I can talk about them right now. And uh, I actually was looking for 
men's products that don't have a whole bunch of extra stuff. And to be honest, guys, we don't have a lot out there that doesn't have a lot of crap in it. So Caldera Lab actually reached out, and I really love what they've done. There's a lot of simple stuff. There really isn't a lot of extra in there. But they're creating high-performance men's skincare products. They're combining pharmaceutical-grade science. We'll get into that more uh, in the future here, and you can check it on their website. But they're also along with nature's purest and most potent ingredients. Kicking off their stellar skincare selection, we have the Regimen Bundle, which is what I got. It's a twice-day routine to transform your skin. Inside the bottle, you'll find the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. The clean slate is where you start the day. It's balancing. It's a balancing cleanser that uses gentle plant-based cleansing, leaving all skin types exceptionally refreshed. The base layer is a nutrient-dense, fortifying moisturizer that hydrates your skin and absorbs fast, leaving you with a matte finish so you can start your day confidently the good is your go-to night before bed and a clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as to help reduce visibility of wrinkles and fine lines the reality is you're aging and if you're an engineer you're aging faster because of the stress of your work so if you're looking to be able to look in the mirror and say, hey, I look five, I don't look five years older. <laughs> I don't know how much is going to help you, but it's at least a start because let's be honest, you're probably not doing it. Just like I found out as I was reading the extremely simple steps that the Clean Slate Bundle has. Like each thing is in glass. It's solid, honestly. Like everything I could recycle afterwards, the product is solid. And the thing that I found out was one of the things, uh, it's the clean slate. I use that in the morning, in the shower, and it says to also <laughs> wash the back of your neck, and I realized I probably haven't washed the back of my neck in like a few years. <laughs> and I'm telling you this because my neck feels great. <laughs> so Caldera Lab is, if you're looking to take your skin to the next level, look no further than Caldera Lab. They're committed to transparency, sustainability, and excellence. Caldera Lab is on a mission to better men's skincare around the world, priding itself on clean ingredients and doing right by their customers and the planet we live in. Caldera Lab is also a certified B Corporation, as well as a member of the 1% for the planet. Through uncompromising craftsmanship, exceptional ingredients, and rigorous transparency, Caldera Lab is here to upgrade your skin and confidence. So get 20% off with your code SPACE at calderalab.com. That's 20% off at calderalab.com by using code SPACE. Unlock your youthful glow and be ready for summer with Caldera Lab. Thank you for sponsoring us and now back to the show. So needless to say, the Vespera telescope has done that. So it is a $2,500 telescope. What you get with it is a digital camera built in, a telescope that's perfect for capturing nebulas and star clusters, and kind of they have this amazing software-enabled technology that they're able to sweep the sky. I think it's called Koval ENS. Regardless, this is a piece of technology. This is similar to what you'd think of like the iPhone of telescopes. It does a lot of the main things that you would do manually or with an upgraded system like 
the amateur astronomers that you'll see with great telescope kits and builds. Um, this puts it all into something that can connect to your iPad or phone or uh, whatever you have. It's, a, it's an app. The objects are cataloged in there. It recommends what's available in your night sky. You can actually go through and it has uh, a, a way to plan the night. And I actually use that more often just to know, based on my location, what is going to be high in the sky because I, I don't have great view of the horizon. So I kind of have this strip across you know the vertical sky, probably, let's just say, 35 degrees to you know almost... 90 degrees where I can above the horizon that I can look at from south to north some east some west but that's basically what I'm looking at in the sky so as the days continue through the year I'll get more and more of that picture but uh so there's been some returns like Orion is is right in the sky amazing given that all the stuff that's going on with uh with Artemis it's such a cool uh thing to have the spacecraft named Orion and Obviously, the relationship between Artemis and Orion uh, as, as the mythology, too, is, is just powerful. It's great. Um, and weirdly that Apollo basically tricked Artemis into killing Orion. But that's, that's old Greek. That's just Greek to me, right? Uh, so, so we can talk about the mythology if you guys are more interested. Please let us know. But as far as observing the night sky, the idea... You know, to be able to point this telescope and to see so much in where the conditions are not great for viewing the sky on a regular basis, this telescope enables me to do that whenever there is. And I can spend 30 minutes on an object and get a decent image. Like, And then I can also spend the time to swap a much higher uh, area of the sky uh, with the Koval lens uh, technology that they use so we can have basically like a panoramic across the sky um, or I can just do longer duration to get more light to get more of the detail that's beaming towards us through time and space <laughs> so this technology has really helped us enable that if you're looking to make content if you're looking to like really catalog it and enjoy and and spend more of the time observing and contemplating our place in the universe than setting up a telescope. I feel like the Vespera over the Stellina, which is the more powerful version, and then they even have like a, it's, I think it's out of most people's price range, but the Hyperion that they also have that they're working on to look deeper into space. If you're looking for something that can really take a look at the moon, can take a look at the sun with a sun filter, you, there are multiple filters. There's a, ne a nebula filter. There's a light pollution filter. There's some really great stuff that comes with this. Um, a lot of accessories that go with it as well. And I'll be here testing it out so that you can learn more about it in the case that you're looking for something like that. And if not, you'll get to enjoy all the images that we're getting anyways. And you can check that out. Um, right now, we're pretty much posting that on Today in Space pod on Instagram. We're also releasing images on Twitter um, through either Today in Space pod or my account, uh, ELGR3CO. That's El Greco with a three in the Greco. And 
so we're going to be sharing that. Eventually, we'll catalog this and we'll upload that to our website, stayinspace.net. Uh, we had a stargazing section where we used my old telescope that I grew up with. Uh, it was a great Celestron. Uh, I ended up donating that to a friend so that he and his kids could uh, observe the night sky. And so I had been in search for a new one. I have a Newtonian telescope, but I know the lens is out of alignment and it probably needs some TLC. So if there's any telescope nuts out there that may be able to be able to give us some advice or um, recommend like a YouTube video or something like that, hit us up. Let us know. I'd love to get that going as well. And then eventually, to be able to share this with other people, obviously we'll share this digitally, but having astronomy nights is, is something that we are looking forward to do. We interrupt this episode to talk about Manscaped and their amazing tools that will help you get ready for the alien abduction. We, we're talking a little bit about infinity today. We're talking about aliens. Manscaped has everything you need so that you're ready to travel the universe, whether you're getting abducted here on Earth uh, with all the alien sightings that are going on, or if you do end up eventually going to the moon or Mars, you know, having the right tools, making sure that you're prepped and looking trimmed is super important. So Manscaped offers amazing tools and a, a, a lot of things that you need to, to take care of your, your grooming. So there is the Lawnmower 4.0, which is great for those places of hair that don't get to see the sun that often. Uh, it's a great thing for everything but your face. You know, you can bring it in the shower and it's got an LED light to point where you're going and the blade really cuts well, handles the thick hair of a Greek man well. I know this because I've used it. They also have their Beard Hedger Pro Kit that has everything you need for managing your beard. And I've been using it. It's been great for me. I My beard is fuller. I'm able to have with those 20 different settings on that single blade that goes at different heights, uh, One of, only one of those comb attachments. You don't have to have all those little ones you got to bring around. The Beard Hedger Pro, it's got everything you need, and I have been loving it. The and there's also the beard balm and the beard oil, beard condition. They like they got so much stuff to help you take care of your hair. So, Manscape.com promo code space get twenty percent off and free shipping by going to Manscape.com and using the code space. So. Get prepared for your next alien abduction, or just you know, if if they're if they're coming to to pick you up, you know, look good, look good for yourself and for your alien neighbors <laughs> by going to manscape.com, code word space, twenty percent off and free shipping. Now let's go back to the show. And you know, I one of the, the concepts that I've been following since I kind of started this podcast, where I wear the scarlet letter of being a person of space, um, an aerospace engineer. There's some people that I think, it's so funny when people hear about the podcast or something like that, there's certain tropes that many people see as like, well, if you're into space, you must know this. And one of the great things for me is I don't take that as like an offense. Uh, for me, it's, you know, there's so many first reactions that I can have now 
that I'm learning so much more from everybody else. And I think that's more valuable than someone saying, you know, trying to share something with me and then me being like, oh, well, I know that, you know, that's not, you know, oh, that's obvious. Like, that's not the scientist I want to be. It's not the engineer I want to be. It's not the science communicator I want to be. I want to make sure that we can meet you wherever you are. Like, there's, that's what being a teacher is. That's what, that's what learning is about, right? Is everyone starts at a different place. So uh, one of the things that, you know, especially from, like Carl Sagan is a great example of this, where, you know, folks, like I'm aware of Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan was so influential that even though I didn't read any of his books, even though I didn't watch all of Cosmos, I did see Cosmos. I did know that Carl Sagan was Carl Sagan. I, of course, had no idea about how much he did. And when I started this podcast up, he came back into my life as as a as a figure, not literally, but he the idea of being the working scientist like Carl Sagan to help develop the Voyager missions, the golden disc, right? Um, to be a part of that mission and also to be qualified to be a part of that and then communicate it to people. There's something extremely valuable and powerful about that. And that really is at the pinnacle of being being scientific is is, you know... It's not about being the smartest person in the room. It's about a thought process. And when you're at your best, you have different people with different backgrounds running that same process, and they might see it differently than you. And if they say that it's different and they or they disagree with you, and then they find a way to prove it and you do the same thing and it comes out that way, guess what? It doesn't even have to be your ego at that point, although many scientists get caught up in that. If that's what the data shows, that's what the data shows. If the experiment is sound, if you've gone through all the other ways, but the data still shows you something that is the, that might be different than what you thought it was, the scientific thing to do is to say, well, that's what the data shows. I must be wrong. This or this way must be right. And of course, obviously, you can spend more time testing and finding other ways. But at the end of the day, it's... It's about finding the version of the truth that exists today. And I know there's quantum stuff we can get into, but we're not going to because, honestly, who really understands it? Uh, <laughs> it's the old joke. Uh, if a quantum physicist uh, says that they they know what they're doing, they, they don't know what they're doing because it's that difficult. Um, and believe me, I've looked at it. Um, <laughs> I know someone who's working and using the concepts. Uh, not... Not an easy job. That is that is a gauntlet of uh, of of science. It's crazy, but my point here is that there's definitely some things that I come across that people think that just because I'm into space, like I love learning people's like sci-fi interests because it's interesting to see how many there are out there and how many like groups of hardcore sci-fi folks that are out there like the ender series i'm just getting into uh thanks to a friend jim uh the andy weir is thanks to a friend uh, uh to my friend mitch project hail mary if we're talking about alien stuff that's another great great alien book um i highly highly recommend it 
And I'm also, right now, uh, I don't read, I listen, because I'm actually able to get through it. I just can't concentrate. I learned speed reading in college to be able to process reading better and to just catch up with my workload as an engineer because I was woefully equipped in that area. Um, but for me, I just have so much time in traffic. Re listening to books is, is my go-to. I use Audible. And right now I'm listening to Contact by Carl Sagan. It's the first Carl Sagan book that I'm actually um, getting into and investing in. I obviously admire Carl Sagan from the science communicator perspective, but as a writer, it's cool to get into it. And I know there are a lot of hardcore Carl Sagan folks. I think that's the one that people are the most disappointed by. Uh, when I tell them like I'm not like a like a Carl Sagan buff, not that I couldn't be one day, but that I'm not, there's a lot of disappointed faces. So it's something I wanted to work on. So Contact is a great book. It's uh, I'm at the part of the story. I don't want to give it away for anybody, but obviously the concept between those two books I talked about, Project Hail Mary and Contact, there is the potential of contacting alien life and you know getting a message from space it is a similar theme getting a message from space that something uh is either trying to communicate with us or there is a sense of danger that needs to be figured out uh what it does to humanity in both those books and ideally what it would do to us right i mean what the weirdest thing is that we're starting to have the government admit that they have seen UFOs, granted, we don't know what they are, but they are unidentified flying objects or unidentified aerial phenomena as UAPs. I believe that's the that's what it stands for. Like, as that stuff is happening, it's weird now that we're not seeing like a crazy societal like shit show, to, for lack of a better word, but maybe it's because we had a pandemic in the middle of it. <laughs> so everyone's everyone's just uh over over the moon with insane insane things happening. But in both of those, it's interesting to see how the world reacts and how the scientists that are in place react to having all of that um, responsibility thrusted on them and still having to do or trying to do good science. I think that is such a great theme both those books so if you're interested in something new to listen to or to read if you haven't listened or watched or <laughs> listened or read contact by carl sagan or project hail mary by andy weir i highly recommend those you can check those out i think we'll have a link in this description if you want to help support the podcast there'll be a you know an affiliate link an auto audible link you download that new and, and we get a little kickback from that so appreciate you doing that at the very least look it up it's it, they're solid books if you're looking for a little getaway um so that's that's the wildness of infinity and you know as i the ideas of aliens come up more and more um i do want to talk about them i am prepping an episode to talk about that a little bit more in depth but first the first thing i wanted to talk about was the concept of infinity because i think if you're going to have a, uh, an idea, uh, if you're going to have a conversation about aliens, the concept of infinity is really important because then the equation of is life out there is not just a linear, you know, 
do we see them? Are they talking to us this second? It 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 spans all of the age of the universe from now from the its beginning to whenever it ends you know could there be other life than us that changes the whole concept of the question is there life out there uh, i think the one that most people want to answer is is there life out there right now that we can visit and see and communicate with and hopefully have a fruitful uh partnership with a coexistence but the idea of infinity is really important. And to close this episode out, uh, I want to tell a story. Because in my early, I think this was my freshman year of college, I was doing, you know, I was taking an, uh, an orbital mechanics class. I was taking an astrophysics class and a lot of intro stuff. So I was really inundated with these awesome concepts that I was really excited to learn about and... I was learning about the concept of infinity because we were obviously learning about things in space which are very far away with lots and lots of space between them. And yet there were things like orbital mechanics and things that we can see that pull each... They, they, they Gravity connects it all, right? And the fabric of space-time. So I remember having this dream... Uh, anyone that's done engineering or like studied a lot, especially with a lot of like visual things. I remember we were taking a fluids class, fluid dynamics, and we would look at these fluid plots and how the flow would be turbulent or not turbulent. And we would learn how, how flow is dynamic, how it moves in these different conditions. And, it got to the point where we had done so many of those, I just started seeing it in everything. Uh, you know, I started to just, just flow plots everywhere. And I remember having a dream one night where I was in a room studying, you know, pretty classic dream of just dreaming about what's happening during the day. And I remember having a thought in the dream that, you know, just thinking about the solar system, right? Because the solar system was really the biggest thing I could really imagine growing up. And I was thinking about that. And then I was like, well, wait, there's more outside of this solar system. So in the dream, it zoomed out. And then it was kind of like juxtaposed over the location, like it was a Google map, because that that was like a, the satellite view was like, I think it was somewhat new at the time, or at least it was like on everyone's phone, right? So this is what, 2010? let's say. And I was in the office doing homework and then I zoomed out and then it was like the whole, it was the street view. Right. And for me, that was like the Milky Way galaxy. Right. And then I was like, well, there's more outside of this because I knew the concept of if you've got the street view, you've got to go up to like the, the state view and the map level. And that kept going. And I kept visualizing these different levels of infinity and those Still, as mind-blowing as that was of a dream, I still remember it to this day. Uh, it really informed my interest in it. It was because I was so interested in the topic that I was dreaming about these things. And that concept of, of infinity is really humbling. And I think that's the best thing about stargazing. Stargazing gives us a glimpse of that infinity. It gives us when you look look up into the sky, you see the stars, you don't really have a 
an idea, but like the telescope being able to look at a patch in the sky and then to pull up so much that's there in that tiny, tiny spot and to think there's more behind it, there's more around it. How much is really out there and how much empty space at the same time is also there and there's more empty space than there is stuff. It, it, there's, it's hard to not be humbling. And I know for some people, uh, it's a tough thing because that's a crazy thought, right? It's a crazy thought to think that all the time, as we're spinning on the earth, we just happen to be lucky enough that we have light scatter in our atmosphere to make blue sky during the day, you know, that we have clouds. So we don't have to contemplate it all the time. We only have to do it <laughs> at nighttime. Uh, it's a crazy thought, but for me, it's not only humbling, it's also, it's good, it's good to know that even though we're on this rock blasting through the universe uh, around our sun, going for a ride around this galaxy, <clears throat> the Milky Way, and you can still get worried about meaningless stuff at work and some personality conflict and like that both matters and it doesn't matter at the same time uh, and it's it's a really really powerful idea i think it also while at the same time it makes you feel alone it also unifies you at the same time that we're all on this rock together right this tiny tiny rock we are still on this together and there is so much out there that there's still left to learn. And even James Webb Space Telescope, right? He took this amazing picture of Uranus. You can say Uranus if you want to. I'm going with Uranus. Uh, it does smell like sulfur, but that's besides the point. Uh, it's according to NASA. That's not me. <laughs> NASA says <laughs> that Uranus smells like sulfur. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But James Webb Space Telescope, is not only taking amazing pictures of our own planets, right? In, in a wavelength that we don't usually get to see them with a clarity that we don't get to see. Like it might be the second best image of Uranus other than Voyager. Even James Webb Space Telescope is breaking down what we thought about the universe all the way up until leading to we, us observing the farthest galaxies and realizing that the amount of time that we think it should have taken for those early galaxies to develop is not anywhere close. It's like way longer. Like these universe, these galaxies formed much faster in the early days of the so of the, the the universe expanding than we would have expected them. That it was way shorter than we expect them to develop now. Which means that there are things we don't know, even at the grandest scale where I think there's maybe, you know, in science, every discipline can get to a point where it's so saturated in information that it believes that it has everything figured out. And so for astrophysics, like, this is a great moment, although maybe some people won't feel like that if they spent their whole research based on uh, a certain amount of time for galaxies being there, uh, of forming. Like, this is a... This is 
I think, some of the, the most fruitful times of science when we held on to a belief and now there's enough data that we go, oh my God, there's more for us to learn. We, we might have gotten lucky and had some thing that we learned that we hung our hat on for a while and it got us here to another place where now we can actually learn what it's like. That's science at its core and to see the to see the the um the infinite view of seemingly infinite view of James Webb Space Telescope change our fundamental understanding of astrophysics and how galaxies form. I mean, that is the cool stuff. That's what we're here for at Today in Space. So thank you for joining us on another episode of Today in Space. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you here and having me talk to you at you the whole time. <laughs> but thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting us. If you're here this long, we love you. Thank you so much. Uh, as always, you can help support us by checking out our sponsors, Manscaped, Caldera Labs, and of course our 3D printing lab, EG 3D Printing. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back for another episode next week of Today in Space. Be well, spread love, spread science, and have a good one. See you next time.